to the uh, education aspect of the governor's uh, address uh, from yesterday. Uh, no better person to discuss that than Robert Schneider. Bob, of course, executive director, does a wonderful job uh, with the New York State School Boards Association. Nice enough to give us a few here. Robert, how are you? Happy New Year. Uh, um, very, address- very well, Jay. Happy New Year. Thank you, my friend. The address yesterday, you know, I kind of focused a little bit on this uh, foundation age aid, which is kind of the the largest category of state assistance, talking K through 12 in these school districts. Uh, you know, I was a little disappointed with the number. It was like $2.7 billion. I remember in last year's budget, uh, it, uh, you know, it was about $4 billion or so. How did you, what did you take out of that? Well, I, I think what we saw, we're, we're positive on that number in the uh, state of the state address. Uh, the $2.7 billion increase represents a 13% foundation aid increase, uh, which, as you had said, is the largest aid category, which is basically the operational aid yeah. that uh, the school uh, spends uh, for uh, for their, their school uh, operations overall. So we're, we're, we're happy with the 13%. In addition, the governor stated that she's going to pay the final payment of the foundation aid phase-in, uh, which was due us from many years ago. So we're happy with it. It gives our school districts uh, a good foundation of funding to move uh, forward next year and continue uh, the important things that we need to focus in on school districts. Uh, the uh, learning loss opportunity as far as when we uh, had that, that issue with uh, leaving our classrooms during the early days of the pandemic, um, right up to the uh, the mental health issues that we see are, are, are happening more and more within the school system. We have a lot of things going on in the school district other than classroom education that the school district is responsible for. So we're happy that we see an increase in that budget. I I kind of like the fact that students are going to be benefited, Bob, by these uh, B-Tech programs that she mm-hmm. wants to set up. Um, the full, the full-day pre-K. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that as well. And, uh, you know, really kind of establishing these new early college, uh, high school, these, these tech programs, that'll benefit these kids. No question about it, huh? Absolutely. Let's look at the pre-kindergarten expansion. Uh, she she is uh, proposing adding another $125 million to universal pre-K, which will now benefit approximately 17,500 17, additional four-year-old children and their families. She also stated that 95% of four-year-olds in the state will have full universal pre-kindergarten coverage. We support that. I mean, the number is double what it was last year. It's important to recognize the sooner we get these children in a, a learning situation setting, it's going to create less cost down the road. Uh, think about it, the remediation that, that, that might not have to happen if we get these children in a school environment before kindergarten, maybe giving them some reading skills, social skills, that type of thing, and supports. And um, at the end of the day, down the road, uh, these children uh, will, will be better uh, in a better position to, to learn more in the higher grades. You know that uh, you know uh, the the property tax cap is so important. Uh, you know it's really a priority for these school boards. You know, and uh, you know I'd like to. I, I don't know if I have enough detail on it as of yet. Maybe you do. Right. Uh, about uh, her commitment to providing the necessary uh, situation at hand here. But are you confident as far as that tax cap number? We know it's vital. 
70% as far as, you know, mm-hmm. how these taxes are computed and everything else for the residents. Mm-hmm. Give me a sense of that. Well, we'll have to see how the budget plays out now. Obviously, the governor has put her proposal forward. Uh, then uh, the legislature will work on their budget. Um, the tax cap, uh, we don't we don't predict any major changes to it. It's a two percent tax cap. Um, our school districts are well uh, prepared to to handle that in their budgets. They have been for many many years now. Um, the additional funding could help with an offset as far as increase in uh, school taxes. Uh, you know that's part of that. Uh, but again, we have that inflation issue sitting there, um, and we have to account for that. And, and you know, when we saw the the foundation aid increase of thirteen percent, that's above the inflation rate. So that should help schools out with keeping the vital programs in, in play, if you will, and also account for the additional expenses that are coming continue to come online as far as inflation. So our business officials, our boards, and our superintendents are ready to prepare a budget uh, that, uh, you know, will factor in that 2% tax cap. But I, I don't envision many changes to the tax cap formula at this point. Talking with Bob Schneider, Executive Director of New York State School Boards Association. I spoke about this prior to you coming on with Assemblyman Ed Rob, Bob, and, you know, the mental health and the billion dollars that is being committed. I mean, to me... Uh, that is a massive point based on the mm-hmm. schools and everything else. You know, it's kind of a recognition that educators want and need uh, these necessary tools uh, to help these kids overcome some of the challenges, you know, so that they can thrive not only in an academic sense, but around, uh, you know, their own uh, peers. You know, I mean, to me, it is vital. Incidents galore. Yes. We don't want any. I think it's a very, very important component here as far as education is concerned, no? Jay, and so do we. Uh, It is important that we focus in on mental health uh, supports for students. Uh, It's an important initiative. I remember the first time I interviewed with you back three years ago, in early 2020, right before uh, the COVID hit and we had, had to focus on that. But if you remember... The superintendents had an annual survey, and it indicated that one of their highest priority was student mental health issues. Either students had mental health issues or they, they were demonstrating behaviors that might lead towards that. You fast forward three years later, after the pandemic and everything else that's happening in this world, you can see where we need to focus on supporting these students. Students come into these classrooms, many students, with trauma. Um, you know, adverse childhood and community experiences can occur in the household, the community, or in the environment, and it could cause toxic stress. And a child cannot learn if they have issues, mental health issues. You know, the other thing you have to look at, too, um, as far as mental health, we want to make sure we have enough personnel in the district system so we can have eyes on all the children. We can have intervention teams when children are starting to display certain characteristics that are out of the norm or they're in crisis. Um, So that's all important. We need that funding. We also need to coordinate with our counties and our private mental health uh, uh, for organizations throughout the state because there is a shortage of mental health professionals, and we really have to address that like we're addressing bus drivers, diverse teachers, things of that nature. We have to get more people into those professions in those pipelines. We don't have enough personnel 
to, to support at, at the optimal level for all the students that have these mental health issues. But we are all for this funding. It's so important um, where, you know, we recognize that community schools might be the answer where we're looking at the whole child, both the physical health and the mental health as part of that school day program and throughout the year. So we're all for it. student mental health, adult mental health. We all have to recognize a lot of people have this from time to time, and the supports need to be there to make these people and these students better learners uh, and happier, more successful people and contribute to our country overall. Nailed it. And I've said this, you and I have discussed this. There is very little personnel in these schools to help these kids. You know, if you have 2,500 mm-hmm. students and you have mm-hmm. one guidance counselor, that ain't going to cut it. Yes. You know, I mean, no, they have to fund more as far as those areas are concerned. They have to do it. Yes. Uh, and they have to make sure they are budgeted for that. That is so important. I'll tell you that much. And Jay, Jay, it is, and you got to look at what a school does now versus teaching. You know, there are behavioral intervention teams in the school where, you know, ideally an adult has an eye on every child every day so they can hopefully pick off those particular children that are in, in distress or need help and, and get that to them, get that a relationship, build it, and make sure – those children get back on track, or at least the school district will make every effort to try to do that when they have those children in the school school district. Bob Schneider with us. A couple of minutes here. New York State School Boards Association. Uh, what is it's kind of a sidebar uh, mm-hmm. uh, issue for me is, you know, to me, if a kid is fortified properly nutritionally, I'm speaking here, breakfast, lunch, Mm-hmm. To me, that goes a long way. I don't think enough is oh, yeah. being done regarding supporting these kids. Uh, and I know you guys have been a very big advocate for this type of stuff. Are you confident? Are you confident as far as, uh, you know, getting the right meals in play uh, as far as that? You know, kind of a universal type of program that would ensure that, uh, you know, every kid could be offered a breakfast, a lunch, you know, every day I'm talking about. I mean, to me, yeah. that builds success as far as the student is concerned. What about that? Go ahead. That's a good question. Uh, we went through the detailed uh, booklet uh, behind the State of the State Address and, uh, that Governor Hochul gave yesterday. We didn't see much on the Universal Meals Program. That Universal Meals Program was funded federally up to June of last year, where all students in the school had access to meals. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. They're not going to be able to learn if they don't if they aren't fed, and there is food scarcity out there as far as uh, students uh, in poverty. And then think about inflation. What's the hardest hit? One of the hardest hit items is food. The costs have gone up astronomically. So since June, we've gone back to the free and reduced program, uh, which was in place prior to the pandemic. But we are advocating with a bunch of other organizations that hopefully in the final budget we will see universal meals. I, Jay, I've seen it firsthand. I, I volunteer in a classroom for junior achievement. I had a student in one of my high school classes one day, and the poor student hadn't uh, gotten it in school in time for, uh, for breakfast, didn't like what the teacher had in the refrigerator. Teachers do that. They buy things on their own, food and supplies to give to their students. The poor student just sat there with her head down the whole time, um, not not being involved in the, in the, the session. Next time I come into the classroom, she was fed, she was participating. It's an important, vital factor, and I hope the governor really looks at uh, universal school meals to support not only the ones that need it the most, but there are 
other people that probably other families that don't meet that free or reduced threshold, but yet are having trouble affording affording uh, meals. Especially in today's day and age, inflationary numbers are uh, off the charts, 40-year highs and everything else. You cannot substitute, in my estimation, anything greater than having a kid uh, have, mm-hmm. a, have a breakfast or lunch. You know, get, get them something, right. my goodness. And finally, Definitely. you know, kind of a sidebar here, not necessarily that on the governor here, you know, regarding sports, Section 8, Section 11 here on the island. Uh, where football teams could be seeing a little more opportunity, Bob, in the next couple of years. I know starting next year I was reading that both counties' teams have the possibility to be included in the State Public School Athletic Association uh, championships. You know, all this going on, winners of the championships maybe going to a semifinal round of the state playoff. You know, since 92, I didn't realize it was back that far, uh, Loyal Championships have always kind of marked the end of the year, end of the season for local teams. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be good to kind of have that move on and taking it to another level. You think that could uh, come in? That one, I am going to punt that, if you will, over to Robert Zayas at the uh, Athletic, New York State Athletic Association. Um, I really, it sounds exciting, and you're right, you know, the the competition, that's that's one of those important activities now that we have in in school school districts, which we didn't have for a few years, along with all the other enrichment activities students can partake in, but um, I would I would I would have a discussion with him. I, I, I really um, it sounds like a great thing, but I hadn't really focused in on that. We hadn't focused in on that in the state of the state as of yesterday. I like the way you correlated, uh, you having to punt that. I give you credit. I, give you... <laughs> I have my Robert. Keep up the great work. We'll have conversations throughout. <laughs> yeah. Great job you do, and of course okay. uh, the State School Boards Association, uh, when you think about all of the fine work they do with these school boards and everything else, 5,200 of them, ladies and gentlemen, all throughout. Uh, Bob Schneider, doing the job. We'll talk soon, my friend. How's that when everything comes in? Great.